I truthfully don't know how I'm getting ready to do a podcast right now, but I am. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the ET Considers Everything podcast for Saturday, February the 8th, 2020. On this edition, we'll be taking a look back on the Saturday in sports. And what a Saturday it has been, ladies and gentlemen. We've had everything from Bobby Knight returning to Assembly Hall in Bloomington, Indiana. We've had the great North Carolina and Duke rivalry. We had an Auburn-LSU game go down to the wire in overtime, just like the Duke-UNC game did. Had the inaugural day of the uh, new XFL. And we had Daytona 500 practice from Daytona today. So a lot to get to on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. And we'll get to it here in just a few moments. Thanks for joining me today here on the ET Considers Everything podcast for Saturday, February the 8th, 2020. Be back with you in just a moment. At this time, I'd like to go ahead and talk about the major college basketball games that have took place today around the country. And Ladies and gentlemen, I'll put it to you this way. A day like today doesn't happen too often. We had two games that went into, into overtime that were great games. The first one being a matchup between number 17 Auburn and number 18 LSU. Fantastic game that went down to the wire. Auburn picks up the victory over LSU, 91-90, to in a fantastic game that started at noon, ended at just past two, and fantastic game to keep an eye on, and it was a wonderful rivalry game between two rival teams with the same name. They're both, of course, the Tigers, and uh, I will say this, the Tigers did, in fact, win that game today, but it was the Tigers of Auburn doing so at home over the LSU Tigers, 91-90. to The coolest part of the day for me today was seeing the return of legendary Indiana basketball head coach Bobby Knight to Assembly Hall in Bloomington, Indiana. This is a moment that I really thought would never happen before he would um, pass away. But, you know, anything can happen in life. And you can have a change of heart. And Bobby Knight did. And during halftime of today's Purdue-Indiana matchup in the Big Ten, they had a wonderful ceremony for the 1980 Big Ten Championship team for the Indiana Hoosiers, 40th anniversary of that team. Uh, It was the team that precursed the eventual 1981 National Championship team for Bob Knight and the Indiana Hoosiers. But what a moment it was, just seeing the fans uh, warmly welcome him back, just seeing his emotional reaction to all of that taking place. It's something that you don't get too often in sports. But when you get moments like this, you truthfully have to put it into perspective. It had been 20 years since Bobby Knight had coached a game at Assembly Hall for the Indiana Hoosiers. And there was a lot of bad blood between the previous regimes there, the president and the chancellor and everybody on the campus, of whether he would be back or not. And ultimately, Bob Knight did not return to the Indiana University campus until today. And it was celebrated with the 1980 Indiana Hoosier Big Ten Championship team. 
and it was a fantastic moment. My favorite moment of it was he went over to uh, shake the hand of broadcaster Dick Vitale, who was there today with Bobble Shoes and calling the game for ESPN. And Dick Vitale went in for a hug, and uh, <laughs> it was like Bobby Knight was getting ready to punch him. He was like, whoa, whoa, that's too much now. We don't need to do that. That was that was one of the funnier moments of today. And just seeing him with all of his former players, seeing him just have pure emotion. It's it's, uh, it's a moment that, like I said, I, I never thought would happen. But it did happen, and I'm so glad that it did. Now, your personal opinion of Bobby Knight is yours to have. You don't you don't have to have a positive outlook of him. You don't have to have a negative outlook at, at him. I, for one, I take his career with a grain of salt, but I am so happy that this moment took place today. And I thought it was one of the cooler moments of today. Purdue would go on to win the game, but that's besides the point. Indiana and Bob Knight are back on solid terms enough to where Bob Knight can return to Assembly Hall where he coached all of those great Indiana teams to those national championships and they can be in a place to where everything is back on solid terms. And that's a great thing. Louisville defeated Virginia today. Number five, Louisville defeated Virginia by a final score of 70-63. to 63. Good game between those two teams. Uh, Virginia's going to have a lot of work to do to look like they're going to try to get back into the field to defend their 2019 College Basketball National Championship. If they can make a run in the ACC tournament, they'll have a good chance to make it. But we'll just have to wait and see how the rest of the regular season progresses for the Cavaliers. Strong win for Louisville today. They continue to stay up at the top of the ACC standings, just one game ahead of number seven, Duke, who was at Chapel Hill today in the Dean Smith Center to take on a North Carolina team that was 10-11 and 11 entering this matchup. But you wouldn't have known that in uh, seeing the game play out today. Just a uh, wonderful game between two rivals who always go all out against one another. Trey Jones ended up with 29 points for Duke. Cole Anthony had a double-double, 21 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists. Just a fantastic game for him. Um, and North Carolina had three other players scoring double figures, including Leaky Black and Platnick had double figures today as well. But it wasn't meant to be, as Duke would hit a buzzer beater in overtime to defeat the Tar Heels by a final score of 98-96. to um, North Carolina was up by 13 with four minutes to go in this game, and they couldn't ultimately hit free throws. They missed 15, a total of 15 free throws down the stretch in between the four minutes of regulation and the five of overtime, and that really cost them the game. But hats off to Duke for making the comeback. Tough result for the Tar Heels. But uh, this was the by far the best game of the season that they played today. Just a lot of mental mistakes towards the end. And it, it ended up biting them. And the better team, ultimately, as far as the rankings are concerned, won. But North Carolina played their hearts out and really 
had a chance to win this ball game and really ultimately deserved to win this ball game, but it wasn't meant to be as Duke would go on to win 98 to 96. These two teams will meet again the final game of the regular season. It will be played on March the 7th, so that'll be a fun matchup there. It'll be at Cameron Indoor Stadium for the second matchup of the season. So looking forward to seeing if North Carolina can respond and maybe make a little bit of run here in February to end the season strongly and try to make a run of the ACC Tournament Championship and a berth to the NCAA Tournament. A lot to ask for. I personally don't think that they'll do it, but the team that showed up today, if they play like this the rest of the year, they'll be hard to handle. And I give North Carolina a lot of credit. Give Roy Williams a lot of credit for coaching his team up to play in this scenario today. But my hat's off to Coach K and Duke for ultimately winning the game in overtime by a final score of 98-96. to And uh, number one, Gonzaga, will be taking on St. Mary's tonight later on in a game on ESPN. So a lot to look forward to there. And it's going to be very interesting to see how the AP poll will shape up after this week. A big win last night by Maryland. They, de they defeated Illinois uh, to take solo possession of first place in the Big Ten. So big win for Maryland. And they'll continue to roll on here throughout the rest of the season with six games remaining here in the rest of the regular season for most teams at most eight games. So we'll see how it all unfolds. But great game between North Carolina and Duke today. Duke defeats North Carolina by a final score of 98-96. to 96. So there's your look back at the day of college basketball today nationally. Locally for the UVA Wise Highland Cavaliers, they were on the road today in Newberry, South Carolina, as they took on the Newberry Wolves. In the women's game, Newberry defeated UVA Wise by a final score of 85 to 68. Um, Nia Van Zant had 18 points on the day. Strong performance for her. Caitlin Ross had 13 points, four rebounds, four assists. Ava Stanley stepped, uh, chipped in 10 points. Hannah Oliver with 10 points. So four players had double figures. But a 34 to 14 first quarter for the Newberry Wolves. Really done in the Cavs on the day. They got as close to getting back in it to a nine-point margin, but that was as close as they got on the day as Newberry would go on to win this game, 85-68 to in the women's game. In the men's game, it was much more competitive. The men gave it their all once again, but uh, simple errors at the end of the game in the last minute. A couple missed shots and a couple missed free throws led to Newberry picking up a 78-73 win over UVA-Wise today. Briggs Paris ended up today with 21 points, I believe. Uh, another strong performance by him shooting the ball. He went 5-9 from three-point range, I believe. and Just, uh, just a very good day for him. Um, you know, the team is playing strong basketball, and you really wouldn't know that by looking at their record solely just looking at their record well they're five and 17 they're one and 15 in the conference et they're really uh not record wise they're not that good well 
the team is playing better than what you think. And they're giving it their all each and every game. And it just takes one game to spurt them in the right direction. And I really thought it was going to be last Saturday when they had Catawba on the ropes. But Catawba ended up beating them 67-66. Today it was very similar. UVA Wise had a two-point lead with about a minute and 15 to go. Uh, Newberry went on a 7-2 run to close out the game, winning 78-73. So, ultimately, it wasn't meant to be for the Cavs today in both the men's and the women's basketball games. But they will return to the David J. Pryor Convocation Center on Wednesday when they will take on the LMU Rail Splitters. Tip-off time for the women is at 5.30. And the men will tip off approximately 20 to 25 minutes after the women's game concludes. So uh, two great basketball games coming up on Wednesday. Definitely come on out to the Pryor Center to those games on Wednesday. And it should be both very interesting games. Uh, coming up next Friday, it's the home opener for the UVA Wise Lacrosse team as they take on North Greenville and I will be on the PA for the lacrosse season up at Crossmith Stadium on the campus of UVA Wise. So I definitely look forward to seeing how the lacrosse team will do uh, in their in their home opener, the opening game of the season, and the South Atlantic Conference play later on in the year. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, as you'll look at the Highland Cavalier Athletics today, uh, the baseball team picks up a doubleheader sweep over Virginia State. They win the first game by a final score of 4-3, to three, win the second game by a final score of 10-1. to one. That uh, four-game series will conclude tomorrow with a doubleheader. Uh, game times tomorrow are at 1 and 4 p.m., I believe. So uh, keep an eye on that, and we'll keep you posted on everything Highland Cavalier Athletics on UVAWiseCavs.com. For in-game score updates, follow UVA Wise Scores on Twitter. And you can follow UVA Wise Cavs on Twitter and on Instagram for the latest in Highland Cavalier Athletics. You can also like Highland Cavalier Athletics on Facebook as well. And all the action will be on those social media platforms as well. So should be very interesting to see how the two games go against LMU on Wednesday. The cross match goes on Friday against North Greenville. And then the baseball team will be back on the road at uh, Winston-Salem State, and uh, those games will be a, a nine-inning game, I believe, on Friday afternoon, and then a doubleheader on Saturday. And the uh, men's and women's basketball team will be on the road at Queens. So definitely a lot to look forward to in Highland Cavalier Athletics. So we'll keep you posted, as I said, on UVAWiseCavs.com and all, and all of our social media platforms as well. So there's your look at the national college basketball picture, the local college basketball picture for the UVA Wise Highland Cavaliers, along with a look ahead to the week in Highland Cavalier Athletics with all the sporting events taking place at home and on the road for the Cavalier Athletics teams. Coming up next here on the ET Considers Everything podcast, I'll take a look back a look at the XFL debut. And what these two games uh, meant today for not only the uh, players, but for the coaches and the uh, teams that were in, involved in these matchups. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. More of the ET Considers Everything podcast coming up here.
in just a few moments. Thanks for listening, everybody. Welcome back to the ET Considers Everything podcast for Saturday, February the 8th, 2020. Now at this time, I want to take a look at the XFL and how both games went today between the uh, four teams that took place. It was the D.C. Defenders at home taking on the Seattle Dragons. And in the second game of the day, it was the Houston Renegades taking on the Los Angeles Wildcats. So uh, both these games were pretty entertaining throughout. And uh, ultimately, they were both won by 10 or more points in the first game. The D.C. Defenders defeated the Seattle Dragons by a final score of 31-19. So Pep Hamilton, Cardell Jones, and the D.C. Defenders pick up the first ever victory in the new XFL. Jim Zorn uh, was the head coach for the Seattle Dragons, and ultimately his team came up short. But it was a very well-played game. Seattle was ahead 13-12 to at the half, and really... Uh, couldn't capitalize on a lot of their opportunities in the second half. Meanwhile, the D.C. did. They uh, ultimately scored a couple um, touchdowns there in the second half. One on a defensive touchdown, I believe D.C. did. And then the other one was a offensive touchdown. So, it's a strong performance by D.C. They pick up the win 31-19 to over Seattle. So, congratulations to uh, Seattle, or excuse me, to D.C., on the big win today, Seattle goes to 0-1, D.C. goes to 1-0. They played that game at Audi Field. That's where D.C. United plays in the MLS. The Los Angeles Wildcats traveled to Houston to take on the Houston Renegades, and uh, this was a, a very interesting game between these two teams. Uh, really, Los Angeles had the control early on in the game, uh, but a lot of mistakes there late in the first half. Uh, had an opportunity to get a field goal to go up 20-17, to 17, but they had a 10-second runoff um, penalty took place, and they couldn't snap it with one second to go. Uh, it was 18-17 to 17 Houston at that point. Houston would score um, 19 unanswered points in the second half to go on to defeat L.A. by a final score of 37-17. to 17. So a big win for Houston. They go to 1-0. Los Angeles Wildcats go to 0-1. Tomorrow in the XFL, we got four more teams getting ready to take the field. It'll be Dallas taking on New York. That game will be at 5 p.m. And in the first game, it'll be St. Louis. Dallas is taking on St. Louis, excuse me. New York will be taking on uh, Chicago. So, uh, should be very interesting games there throughout the XFL. Definitely looking forward to seeing how it will play out here this year. Uh, very telling stat for the XFL. Um, there was more attendance at the two games today being played in the XFL than the in the entirety of the Alliance of American Football League, which folded after half a season last year. So that's very interesting to keep an eye on. And we'll see if they can continue to maintain that success as time goes on. But congratulations to D.C. and Houston. They go to 1-0 in the season. Seattle and L.A. drop back to 0-1 on the season. So 
There's your quick recap of the XFL day one. Of course, two more games coming up tomorrow for week one. If we look forward to seeing how St. Louis, Dallas, New York, and Chicago all will do on the football field tomorrow. Of course, last weekend it was Super Bowl 54 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Kansas City defeated San Francisco by a final score of 31-20. to Patrick Mahomes with two passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. Ultimately, it was named game MVP, and he uh, well earned that distinction. A couple others I felt like could have been uh, in game MVP was Damian Williams. He had over 100 yards rushing, nearly 50 yards receiving, one rushing, one receiving touchdown on the afternoon. So really a strong performance by him. If the game would ultimately went the other way, the MVP I felt like would have been uh, Debo Samuel for the San Francisco 49ers. So great game between Kansas City and San Francisco last week. Jimmy Garoppolo ultimately could not win. His second Super Bowl, he, of course, backed up Tom Brady to the Super Bowl 51 victory against the Atlanta Falcons, but he couldn't win one as a starter. And Patrick Mahomes wins his first, becomes the first man that was on the Madden cover to win the Super Bowl uh, in the same season that he was on the Madden cover. So congratulations to Patrick Mahomes. A uh, great season for him, great performance by him in that game. And then the big story was Andy Reid winning his first Super Bowl as a head coach in 21 seasons. He had 221 wins entering that game. The Super Bowl victory was his 222nd victory of his career and his second Super Bowl. His first was as an assistant on the Green Bay Packers staff in 1996 when they defeated the New England Patriots in Super Bowl 35. So... Not Super Bowl 35, Super Bowl 31, excuse me. Get my numbers right there. So congratulations to Andy Reid. He wins Super Bowl 54 as a head coach, and he really cements his legacy as a Hall of Fame member. So congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and the entire Kansas City roster as they win Super Bowl 54. So there's you look back at the XFL and the Super Bowl matchup from last Sunday. When I come back, I'll wrap things up here on the ET Considers Everything podcast by talking about the uh, coming up next weekend with the NXT TakeOver Portland event and the WWE Super Showdown event, which will be taking place on Thursday, February 27th at the uh, uh, Sports City in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, a lot more to get to here as we wrap up the ET considers everything podcast next, they look back at the wrestling world. Thanks for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. Hope y'all have a wonderful rest of your evening. Welcome back to the ET considers everything podcast for Saturday, February 8th, 2020. In this last segment, I'd go, like to go ahead and talk about some of the major wrestling news that's took place here over the last little bit. Um, the major news that I have found out to be uh, very interesting and something to keep an eye on here as a major storyline as WrestleMania approaches is that the 
National Doctors for Sting and the WWE Doctors for Sting have apparently cleared him from his neck, neck injury, and it's looking as if it's very possible for him to have one final match at WrestleMania, and that match would be against The Undertaker. Now, this has been a dream matchup that many fans have been wanting since Sting was injured back in 2015. We really didn't know if we'd get to see it since Sting had that major injury, but... Um, it looks as if Undertaker wants the match and Sting is very willing to give it to him, especially this being more than likely the final year of Undertaker being in the WWE. He has stated that 2020 will be his last year competing more than likely as a wrestler. And he wants to go out with a string of very high profile matches and what higher profile match would there be than to have the icon Sting taking on the dead man, the Undertaker, at WrestleMania. That would be a fantastic match, not only for those two, but for all of the fans of WCW and WWE. That would be the iconic conclusion, I believe, to the Monday Night Wars. Now, whether it takes place or not, that remains to be seen. But it, it seems to be stronger than ever that the possibility of that matchup is very highly in place. So we'll see if Vince decides to pull the trigger on it and they decide to have that matchup at WrestleMania in Tampa, Florida. Another big interesting storyline here lately is the return of the Rated R Superstar Edge. He returned at the Royal Rumble event entering the event at number 21 and lasting till the final three where Roman Reigns took him out and it came down between Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. Drew McIntyre ended up Claymore kicking Roman Reigns and tossing him over the top rope to win the 2020 Royal Rumble. But Edge had a very strong showing throughout that match, really uh, had a great opportunity to win that match if they would have gave him the chance to. But ultimately, uh, it wasn't meant to be. Edge looks like he's going to have uh, three matches per year. It's a three-year contract, three ma three to five matches per year, about 15 to 20 uh, live appearances. So we'll see uh, how that will come into play. But I believe his next match will be at WrestleMania, and it's looking like it'll be against the Viper Apex Predator. And in this case... Very interesting to see that they would go with this storyline, the legend killer, Randy Orton, and I feel like that would be a fantastic match for those two. Um, Randy Orton needs a high-profile match. Edge needs a high-profile match. And what better opportunity for those two to have a higher-profile match than going at each other against each other at WrestleMania in Tampa. So we'll see. If that comes to fruition as well, that, that is more likely to happen than the Undertaker and Sting match, but we'll just have to wait and see what all will unfold there. The NXT TakeOver Portland event will be taking place next Sunday from the Moda Center in Portland, Oregon. And there are several big high-profile matches for that event. It'll be Keith Lee taking on Roderick Strong. For the NXT North American Championship, Keith Lee enters the match as the champion. For the NXT Championship, it'll be the challenger, Tommaso Ciampa, taking on the champion from the Undisputed Era, 
that being Adam Cole, Bebe. And for the NXT Tag Team Championships, it'll be the Broserweights, Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle, taking on the tag team from the Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. And the high-profile marquee matchup for that event will be between Mr. NXT, Mr. Takeover, Johnny Gargano, and the longest-reigning NXT champion in history, Finn Balor. And the NXT Women's Championship will be on the line as the challenger, Bianca Belair, takes on the champion, that being Rhea Ripley. So, a great NXT TakeOver Portland event set for next Sunday with five big-time matches. And I definitely look forward to seeing how those will unfold as NXT is on the road to take over Tampa Bay in April. And the uh, big announcement is that they're going to be having a Ruthless Aggression era documentary, which will be taking place to, uh, uh, the uh, Sunday after TakeOver, which will be that Sunday night. So that'll be very interesting to see what they've come up with for that. Um, it really times line, timelines the time from when Vince McMahon buys WCW. They ultimately win the war, and they go on to have to come up with new programming ideas. And their big idea was the draft between Raw and SmackDown, and those two entities would have their own show. Now... I felt like at the time, that was a very strong idea, and I really liked it. Um, but now, looking back on it, to me, it's better if you have all of your superstars competing on both shows. Now, um, it, it, it makes for more compelling and better storylines when you don't have the same people going after the title, and it doesn't congeal and go uh, like you want it to. But it's very interesting to see how the shows will run separately. Raw back in the day was built around Triple H, Shawn Michaels. Um, SmackDown was built around Brock Lesnar, Undertaker, Kurt Angle. Um, big show. I mean, there was a lot of great athletes. Uh, of course, Raw had Y2J, Chris Jericho. They had Christian. Um, they had the Hardys. Um, SmackDown had the world's greatest tag team. They had Los Guerreros. Um, you know, just a lot to look back on from that time period, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how that film will be coming up next Sunday after the NXT TakeOver Portland event. Lastly, coming up on Thursday, February the 27th, it'll be WWE Super Showdown from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia and the King Abdullah Sports City. And um, several matchups has been announced for that. It'll be King Baron Corbin taking on Roman Reigns in a steel cage match. It'll be um, for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, the New Day defending against the team of John Morrison and The Miz. Um... For the Intercontinental Championship, it was looking like it's going to be Braun Strowman against um, Shinsuke Nakamura. And for the Universal Championship, it'll be 
the fiend Bray Wyatt defending against, of all people, Goldberg. Now, uh, this this news definitely surprised me a lot. Um, I knew Goldberg was going to have a match in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, coming up at Super Showdown, but I didn't think it would be against the Universal Champion. Uh, Goldberg said that he wanted another crack at the Universal Championship. Felt like the time was right for him to take it off of Bray Wyatt, and Bray Wyatt happily accepted. So that match will be more than likely the main event of the Super Showdown show. It'll be the fiend Bray Wyatt taking on Goldberg for the Universal Championship. More matchups to be announced from the Raw side, obviously. And we'll keep an eye on how everything will go there. And it's, it's going to be a very fun event. A very entertaining event, for sure. Um, the only negative I have to say about it is the reasoning behind it and um, the way that the money is transferred and all of that. But that's political bargain. We're not going to, political jargon, we're not going to get into all of that. But ultimately, um, it should be a very good event at WWE Super Showdown on Thursday, February the 27th. And then, of course, WrestleMania will be taking place on Sunday, April 5th. The Elimination Chamber pay-per-view will be taking place, I'm going to say it'll be on March the 15th. So we'll see how they build up that here over the next month or so and how they determine what's going to be on the line in the Elimination Chamber match. My guess is the number one contender spot for the Universal Championship will be on the line. Um, and the winner of that will go on to face Bray Wyatt for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. Or Goldberg, potentially, if he wins. So, there's your look at the uh, WWE wrestling calendar and what's to come at TakeOver Portland and at Super Showdown. And my look at the Ruthless Aggression era documentary that's going to be taking place next Sunday after TakeOver Portland and my thoughts on it. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'll go ahead and end the podcast here today for Saturday, February 8th, 2020. Well, thank you all so much for joining me tonight. My name is E.T. Eric Tyler-Mullins. If you all don't mind, um, share this podcast with your friends. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. I'm on Anchor here. Wherever you can get your podcast at, I'm there, ladies and gentlemen. And with that being said, I want to thank you all so much for joining me tonight. My name is E.T. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your Saturday night and rest of your weekend. For now, I am E.T. Eric Talamones, and this has been E.T. Considers Everything. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening.